G'day guys, welcome back to another Crypto Catch Up with Tabbing the Crypto. I'm your host Ted and I'm here with the one, the only. Oh, don't do this, Pav. <laughs> hey, gone, Pav. Good, mate. Yeah, good. Been doing this for a while now. You don't have to keep doing that. Yeah, but I, you, I you, find myself funny. You basically replaced Tommy, so you don't have to keep trying to. Yeah, don't tell him that though. I think he knows. Yeah, well, we're going to get Tommy back. I'm going to force him to come back one day. Just give me a break. <laughs> but mate, what's been happening? Not much, not much. Mate, Lions, Bronx. Lions and Bronx. I mean, if you are if you live in Brizzy and you're a fan of sports... You live in Queensland. Oh, absolutely. The rally. Then you had a great weekend. You did. Because two semifinals in Brisbane, Broncos won through the granny, Lions won through to the granny. What a time to be alive. Apologies if you're an international listener and you have no idea what we're talking about. Uh, but also no apologies. Exactly. Because this is a Brisbane... <laughs> 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 no, but it was a good weekend. Um, I indulged quite a bit of sport. Yeah, Matt. I'm okay. actually I'm actually going to the grand final next week. Yeah. Uh, are you serious? Yeah. Actually, you did tell me this. I'm looking forward to that. Yep. yep. Did it, did you book it ahead of time? I did. I kind of anticipated that the Bronx were going to make it. So yeah, okay. And um, I'm glad they did. Nicely done. I yeah, mate. Boys trip. To it. Boys trip with a few girls sprinkled in there. Perfect. Yeah. Good recipe. Yeah, mate. Recipe for a good time. Tell us what you think about the markets. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's uh, interesting. So we were talking about last episode, there was going to be some big news coming out of the States, which as much as people maybe don't want to pay attention, like they do kind of control the narrative for crypto markets because it is a risk on asset. Mm-hmm. Wasn't great. So we saw the committee that sets the interest rates, the FOMC, they basically once a quarter put out a report with economic projections. That bad boy essentially said that they're prepared to raise rates again in 2023 and it looks like their projections don't show a cool off until 2024 so we don't know exactly when it could be late 2024 could be early could be mid i think there's a lot happening next year in the states that could sort of feed into what actually will happen in terms of like election cycles so that's all sort of kicks off at least september november Mm -hmm. in the states all that sort of stuff starts kicking off so it's interesting times the one thing i will say is it's probably the bearish scenario in that news release did play out and we haven't really seen the market sell off in a considerable way mm-hmm. and what's concerning me i guess is like i was bearish at the start of this month and now looking at every crypto twitter everyone in the world is bearish mm-hmm. so you know how i feel when everyone gets on one side of the fence it's time to protect, jump on the other jump on the other side well you, yeah. well i stop and i just you know i think it's a good time to maybe just be definitely just watching this one quite closely because it'd be an easy place for a lot of bears to get wrecked if everyone's thinking things are going to keep going down which they very well could do but we're still like in no man's land if we look at price like this is the current range that we've been tracking on bitcoin for since the start of this month really so pinballing between 26,800 and, you know, 25K US dollars, respectively. We've thrown up, thrown down out of this range a couple of times. On the start of this week, we did break down, but it'd be interesting to see if this little area of support that we've got here at 25,800, if that can hold, especially going into the end of month close. And I know, Ted, you can't wait for next month because it's usually a good month, isn't it? Well, yeah. If you want to bring up that sheet that I found. So typically, yeah, September is a red month, as you can see looking at the September column there. So pretty much there's been like two years where September has been a green month, but you know that was 2015 and 2016. Other than that, it's been- This is a Bitcoin monthly return? Yeah, monthly returns for Bitcoin. Yeah. But then if you look at the October column, it looks, for the most part, it looks pretty green most years. So looking back last year, we had a 5% increase. The year before that, which is 2021, like the peak of the bull market essentially, was up 39%. But what I'm interested in is 2019. So looking at the four-year cycle, 2019 like correlates to the same as 2023 when it, you know, looking at the Bitcoin halving cycle. 
And um, we had a, a 10% up month for Bitcoin there. So that's probably the year that I'm looking at most closely. But overall, like as you can see, like October is a green month, you know, historically. So I'm pretty positive heading into October. Yeah, feeling good about it. Feeling good. Yeah. Good. yeah. I, I wanted to ask you a question. So you said the elections come in around September or October. Yep. Do you think the macroeconomic climate isn't really going to change much or, or like pivot positively until then? I think it's an evolving story. So it'd be interesting. Like, I, I don't know. Like, mm. honestly, like a lot of these, you like asked me last podcast, like, what does all the macroeconomic stuff mean right now? Like, where are we headed? Reality is, like I said back then, it's a meme. To be more specific, it's lagging. Yeah. So like when we see things like CPI prints, we see, you know, other key inflation data metrics like PCE, and that's like the the cost of consumers for everyday goods, and like how that's changing. It's all quite lagging. Yep. So you're always like three to six months behind what's actually happening today. Mm-hmm. So even like job rates, which are holding steady, like that's the key thing they look at, like the labor market, it might still take, you know, things to shift within the country's own manufacturing and services ecosystem mm. to then create a jobless rate like three months in the future it's like you might start to see the crack show now mm. and that's when you want to see like the government step in start to provide some sort of um, support i guess yep. what that looks like i don't know could be another covid 20 covid 19 yep. might do covid 20 this time <laughs> who knows everyone's sort of used to getting locked up these days I really hope that doesn't happen. I don't <laughs> want to just say that and it does materialize yeah. itself. I won't be able to forget Don't myself. manifest that. Don't manifest that. But I think it definitely plays into every election cycle. I think at the moment, it's hard to say what impact it will have, but it's always had an impact in the past. You know, unexpected things can just pop up, I guess, is what you'd expect. Mm. Okay. So if we're, if we're looking at the Bitcoin halving between sort of March and May, and that plays out and typically we, you know, that's followed by a bull market in previous cycles. Mm-hmm. If the macro climate is still the same as it is now, are we going to see a bull market start kick off then? The market to tell us. <laughs> we just we just play. We, I want we, you to tell me. Man, I have no idea. <laughs> um, look, if it's happened every other time, I can't see why not. But the difference is this time around, like it's probably the worst economic yeah. sort of situation the world's been in, like massive liquidity injection post-COVID. And now it's just all been sort of sucked away a little bit. And the average person's the one that's paying. I think from what I've seen everywhere is there needs to be like big liquidity coming back into the market. Yeah. And until, you know, things get back, like interest rates are decreased and inflation is being tackled, then we won't see a massive liquidity injection. Yeah. I would say this one thing to say about the interest rate argument, like it's not that we need to see interest rates come back down to like 2% for there to be a bull market. Like there's been bull markets in the past where the interest rates have been five, six percent. So it's not like it's unfeasible. It just needs... There needs to be strength outside of being held in currency right now. Like all the value, everyone's sort of sitting in dollars, especially the big money. They're all just sitting in government bonds because they pay guaranteed returns. And it's frankly probably easier for them to just do that right now as part of their hedging strategies. But they're getting like a 5% return or pretty much something pretty big. So if once the scales tip towards, you know, bond yields decreasing, then all of a sudden it makes more sense to probably start borrowing. Liquidity gets injected, especially... There's a couple of things I won't dive into, like in the US have things like reverse repo, like where they actually go back and buy stocks that the Fed Reserve had on their treasury balance sheets. Like it it is a rabbit hole of these things that are happening. But what's, I guess, key is that this whole situation just needs time. And then you won't be struck with an overnight bull market. Like Mm. it'll come with a bit of strength initially, but then you'll see it if it has played out like it has in the past, it goes for, you know, that one to two year period Mm. that we've seen in the past as well. So it's not going to sneak up on you in the middle of the night and you're going to miss it. Um, It's the people not paying attention now that are going to probably miss the best potential returns. Okay, cool. Good stuff.
Mate, let's move on to the the top movers for this week. Let's go. So what what are we seeing here? All right, so we've got Curve. Yeah, we've got Curve, Chainlink, which we spoke about last week. Um, we've got something called We Mix Up 60%. Yes. We Mix. We yeah. Mix. Yeah, the show uh, great. Um, we spoke I, about Radix. Yeah. Last one, I think, was another 9% this week. Yeah, absolutely. So let's dive into it. So I think we'll probably skip the We Mix one because I don't know about you. I have no idea what I have no idea about We Mix, yeah. Um, but like Curve Dow. So. Curve was hacked a few months ago, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think that's definitely shot investors to be a bit... Yeah. So I wonder if this is just a bit of a recovery. Yeah, that's what I was seeing. So the price has been kind of ruined over the last couple of months. Yeah. So this is just a bit of a recovery spark, I guess you could say. So not much to really report on there. Not really. Unless, you know, the listeners have something that they're seeing that we're not. But Immutable. Immutable is one that we've spoken about a fair bit. What do you got for us there, Pav? Yeah, I think a bit's come out, I guess, after Token 2049, like that conference that was held in Singapore. Uh, there's a lot of big names there, Immutable being one of them. They've recently announced an open beta launch of Meta Toy Dragon Z, which is a mouthful. And I did have the pleasure of having a crack at it this morning before the podcast. Yeah, I checked it out as well. It's a pretty slick game, isn't it? It looks pretty mint. Yeah. Um, I still don't know what's a, how to make money off of it, but it's meant <laughs> to be like a play to earn one. Yeah. But essentially, it's uh, a good collab between the Sandbox Studios, everyone's familiar with Sand, and also IMX. So they're just using IMX as the infrastructure, which that's what that token's all about. So definitely recommend reading up about what IMX is all about. But that's, I guess, the first taste that we've had in recent times of that infrastructure being put into play. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Did you get it off the App Store? I did. So there, again, like a mobile game. Yeah. But um, yeah, they're just sort of interfacing that, I guess, with their own wallet system. Yeah. I think that's the way to go, particularly because a lot of these games, like, you know, you need a big setup, you know, some of them you need the the VR headset. Oh, really? Whereas this is like, you know, you just download it from the App Store, from the Google Play Store, and you just dive in and start playing. It's very, feels like Clash of Clans, but different play style. I'm sure someone else that plays mobile games a bit more might know a bit more. Yeah, it might be a bit of Pokemon, but I'm the same. I'm not much of a a mobile gamer myself, but it just, it's very accessible. It is. It is. It's a bit different to what I'm used to, so it's good. Yeah. Chainlink, I guess there was some news I think we covered last time. Really, the only thing there is they're just announcing more and more partnerships. Like we had that AZ yeah. partnership yeah, store, yeah, like last cool. week as well. So I think that one's just on a chart as well. It looks like it's had some great accumulation as well. So just something that's just gone strength to strength, really. I'm sure us talking about on the podcast had something to do with the prize pump as well. Absolutely. So, yeah. It's a, it's a combination of things, obviously. <laughs> and um, Aptos. Aptos isn't one that we haven't really covered often, but I know I'm a fan. Like, yep. Aptos is is founded by like former Facebook employees who like basically worked on the the Libra slash DM stablecoin. Basically got shut down because of regulatory uncertainty. Yeah. But um, they went and created Aptos, and and half of them went and created Sui as well, right? Yeah. And they're like direct competitors of each other. The reason that that's in the top movers is SushiSwap is migrating to Aptos. They're basically a leading decentralized exchange, kind of similar to Uniswap or mm-hmm. PancakeSwap. Yeah, all that where you can essentially go and buy like coins that aren't listed on major exchanges. Yep. So yeah, it's pretty interesting. Aptos has also got big partnerships with Microsoft and Google. Yep. So I think that goes to show you that the founders have those strong connections within the you know the tech and the Web two industry and, and are able to build those partnerships. Want to, know, to merge Web two and Web three? Yeah, and even for the traders like Aptos, you know, along with OP uh, Optimism, they showed some great volatility during the start of this year. So I know I'm watching it to see if it returns with the same sort of vengeance. Um, yeah, good swings on it. Yep, sounds good. So let's kick into the news, Ted. So what do you got for us from uh, MicroStrategies? It's been happening. Yeah, mate. Uh, would you believe it? 
Michael Saylor and, Mark, and MicroStrategy have bought even more Bitcoin. You're going to call it Michael's strategy. <laughs> that's that's a, got a good ring to it. it but basically brings their Bitcoin tally to 158K, which in today's price is, is about $4.6 billion. So well, they're doing all right there. They're accumulating a little bit over the bear market. Just oh. a bit of dollar cost averaging. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Similar to you and me. <laughs> but what I found interesting was their average purchase price is actually 29K. You know, today's price is around 26K. So 26. 25, 26. So overall, they're actually in the red, which is interesting because if you pull up their share price on vesting.com, they've had, have had a really good year. So it just goes to show you that people who aren't looking to purchase crypto directly, you know, whether it be through an exchange or, or whatever it may be, mm. are gaining exposure through MicroStrategy because essentially their business now is buying Bitcoin, right? Yep. But yeah, it's just interesting because they're overall they're in the red, but their stock price is going through the roof almost this year. Yeah, it's been on the up and up, a bit of a retrace recently, but um, I mean, the whole market's been sort of on the, on the lulls, so yeah, that's expected. Yeah, exactly. So we've got some other recent news that Base Protocol has now overtaken Solana in terms of total value locked. So not a great deal to read into this one, other than I think it's just a really good adoption story. You know, we've talked about Base Protocol probably being one of the ones to watch into the next bull market and looking at potential projects and tokens listing there to see if there's any sort of interesting plays there. But I mean, it's not really too much to talk about. I mean, Solana only made up a slither of the current TVL on the DeFi space, so 0.8%. Mm-hmm. So base is currently 0.96%. So, I mean, there's still a bit of room to move. You know, even Polygon's still 2%, you know, Arbitrum 4.46%. So that's interesting. Tron is is the second biggest in, in total value locked. Yeah, it is. Didn't expect that. No. So, I mean, someone might be able to tell us something we don't know there, but um, yeah, it's just a good adoption story, really. It's been bucking the trend. So it's good to see from the base team. Yeah. I want to call out there, like, I think the advantage the base has is, you know, they're created by Coinbase. And basically, if you're a Coinbase user and they have a ton of users across the world, it takes out the step of sending crypto to your MetaMask and yep. connecting your MetaMask to, you know, a layer two or the decentralized applications on that layer two. So it means you can just like connect your Coinbase wallet to the base network and then you can start interacting with those data. So I think that's the advantage they have there. And and maybe there's a little bit more trust in terms of, you know, they're associated with Coinbase. They have a pretty strong reputation Mm. in the industry. So I think it will be cool to see what projects start flowering in that ecosystem. Yeah, I think there's been a few like, or friend tech is the big one that's that kind of has yeah. made it take off. Um, which has your friend? Do you got friend tech, mate? No, I haven't. I haven't jumped on the friend tech yeah. yet. But I've heard it's pretty interesting. I heard you get paid like you get more money the more engagement and followers you have. It's like a social media app. Mm. Have you used it? No, I haven't. No, but, like I've got it installed on the phone. I've got the referral code and everything, but just haven't had a chance to play with it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. But yeah, one thing to watch out for on if you're going to interact with the base network is there seems to be a lot of scams on there. Like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, like the bald yep. token rug pool. Yep. I'm sure you know other scammers are going to look into follow suit. So yeah, just keep an eye out for that. Yeah, moving on. What do we what do we have here? So this is an interesting story that I don't know. I stumbled across this morning. Basically, leaked documents have showed that the next Xbox and the Xbox roadmap will include support for crypto wallets. Boom. Mate, that's massive. That's huge. So the head of Xbox at Microsoft basically came out and said the leak came from core proceedings related to its acquisition of Activision. Activision, yep. I think, are the creators of COD, yep. Call of Duty. That's it. So I, I didn't actually know they were going through a court case right now over that acquisition. Yeah, but it looks like, yeah, the leak came from there. But it's interesting. Obviously, Microsoft is one of the biggest tech companies in the world. 
and they have their finger on the pulse when it comes to innovation, right? And so they're obviously seeing the trend play out with you know crypto adoption and more people getting into the crypto market, and they're saying we need to piece that pie and we need to you know stay ahead of the curve rather than fall behind. So it's good to see. They also in the documents they also mentioned you know, including AI support and as well as mobile phone. Do you feel like everyone's just chucking these words in just because they have to? It looks good for the shareholders. I mean, you could, but then again, like it's a, it's a private document that got leaked, right? It's not, it wasn't meant for public. Oh, but do you reckon they like just? Oh no! Do you reckon they leaked it themselves? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to pump like the Microsoft price? <laughs> probably not. But um, like, probably not. But look, let's not rule it out. Pat. Okay. All right. Sounds good. But yeah, one to keep an eye for sure in that sense. Otherwise, mate, what have we got off the cuff? I know we've got some- Off the cuff is- uh, Special one, we've got a video, do we? Yeah, let's check out this video from, it's Mike Novogratz, who's CEO of Galaxy Digital. He was at you know some conference and speaking on stage. So it's a short video, so we'll listen to it. Uh, we're gonna get good news in October, uh, which I don't think is consensus. Uh, and that would mean you'd probably have an ETF actually trading by early December. Um, I don't think people understand how important it is and so, you know, Invesco, who's our partner in this, uh, we want to win, right? But Kathy Wu wants to win, BlackRock wants to win, Fidelity wants to win. There are probably seven or eight credible competitors that I think will launch the same day. And so, you step back, while we want to win, we also want Bitcoin to go higher. And think of the, the sales forces. So a couple of takeaways from that one. So he said, we're going to get good news in October, whatever that may be, maybe approval for the, the ETFs. I'm not really sure. Or, or maybe, you know, I, I don't really know what he's referring to yet there. But he also said that we could have the ETFs trading in as early as December. Okay. So, mate, that would be pretty massive. And the last thing, the takeaway from there is he said they're likely to all launch on the same day. So all the ETFs are competing against each other, you know, ARK Invest, Fidelity, Grayscale, BlackRock, but he's basically alluding to the fact that they're all going to get approved at the same time mm. and they're all going to launch on the same day. Yep. So I think that's what we were talking about. Too. We did. Yeah. yeah. Like not specifically well, we called it, but like it was, it was a scenario that we thought was pretty highly likely, right? Like that everything yeah. just systematically gets rolled into a same release date. Yeah. Well, that's it. And I can't imagine like, I think it would be unfair for the SEC to favor one over the other. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't put it past them, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So December, potentially. I mean, Mike Novogratz knows more than you and I when it comes to approval of oh, ETFs. Did he know when... You know he's the lunar guy, right? The what? The lunar guy? Yeah. He's got a tattoo of Luna. Oh, he was one of the early investors in Oh, Luna. my God. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> um, ignore that entire video then. So... No, but great assault. Like, I still think no one would have seen that coming, like, until way down the track. But, I mean, he might be in the know, like you said. Like, he might yeah. just know something that just don't know and it is a big deal like if we just think about it like the the etf will have a huge impact on bitcoin's spot price because it is a spot etf so mm -hmm. it's something that will actually push money into the space yep so that'd be pretty good 100 looking forward to that and um man, i feel like i took the wind out of your cell by dropping luna <laughs> no it's just like oh man that's that's wild i thought this guy was a little bit more you know respected than that <laughs> but uh there you go thanks for the <laughs> Good job on that, Fab. Mate, anytime. Cool. So next week, guys, we're going to have a bit of a different episode. We'll be interviewing Jamie Coots from Bloomberg. He's an yeah. analyst there. So some juicy, juicy insights yeah. for you guys. Ask us some good questions, I think. Yeah. We'll see how we go. 
Man, I've just lost for words today. I don't know what it is. Mate, it's just, um, it's the Broncos. I know, I think it is. It's like sucked all the life out of yeah, me. Yeah, I know, mate. Anyway, guys, go the Broncos, go the Lions, and we'll chat to you next week. Cheers, guys. Yeah. See you next time. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon.